This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She is the author of the book, Pause, Breathe, Choose, How to Become the CEO of Your Well-Being. Naz Behesti, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm thrilled you're here because you graciously sent me a copy of your book. I'm about halfway through it. I'm really loving it. If we told the listener everything that was in your book, this would be like a four-day podcast. So it's not going to be a four-day podcast, <laughs> but we're going to give you some really practical information. Now, before we get started, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do for a living? Well, I'm Naz Beheshti. I am CEO of Prana Naz, a corporate wellness company that provides um, high-touch, high-tech wellness solutions and improves leadership effectiveness, employee well-being, employee engagement, as well as company culture. I'm also a Forbes contributor writing uh, regularly for Forbes on the topics of uh, mindful leadership and uh, corporate wellness and author of the new book, Pause, Breathe, Choose, and also founder of a startup, uh, Rise to Shine, a nonprofit startup uh, alleviating the suffering of young children in Haiti. Excellent. Well, I want to start off because I'm an Apple fanboy that you actually worked with the Steve Jobs. I've never had anyone on the show, to my knowledge, that actually worked with Steve Jobs. Well, yeah, there's not that many people who, at least in my position, can say they worked as closely as his EA. I, I worked with him very closely in his office at Apple um, back in 2000. It was quite an experience, to say the least. Wow. <laughs> you know, I one thing, I, I've read so many books on Steve Jobs, and the guy was a visionary, hands down. Everything, you know, the iPhone to the Mac to Apple TV, Apple Watch. I mean, this guy had the ability, which very few people, in my opinion, have. Walt Disney was one of them. Steve Jobs, one of them that can look way out into the future. And this is what people are going to want. I mean, to me, I think that's very rare. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, he was an extraordinary visionary, iconic and just a legend. I mean, he was amazing. And I didn't realize how much of an influence he would have on my life and an and impact on the world um, at large when I worked for him. And so in hindsight, it's just was such an amazing experience. I have to, I have to say, I mean, he was inspiration behind my book, Pause, Breathe, Choose. And he is the one who really taught me the most profound lesson that I carry with me every day and into my work which is that well-being drives success. And he really did take care of himself and really uh, approach life, his career, relationships, everything very holistically. And so he knew that, you know, taking care of himself, um, you know, eating healthily, exercising regularly, having a mindfulness practice, healthy, strong relationships, and then having a very fulfilling, passionate, purposeful career, revolutionizing many industries as we know it, was really fundamental to continued success. And they were really all those um, elements and aspects of his life and lifestyle were the driving forces for his continued success. 
And I'll never forget, I, I every once in a while I go back and watch the YouTube video where he announced the iPhone and he said, it's a phone, it's the internet, it's an iPod. He goes, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> These are not three distinct products. These are three products in the same uh, device. And that fundamentally changed the world. And now here we are uh, addicted to, <laughs> to our devices. But I mean, I could run my entire business on my iPhone. Now I can't do this interview very effectively on, you know, on the, the iPhone, but you can pretty much do anything else on the iPhone. So it's so thrilled to hear that you had the opportunity to work with him and to hear how he influenced you. Now let's get into wellness. Wellness. I, I just, a couple of days ago, I actually watched, cause I'm a, I'm an Apple geek. I watched the Apple WWDC 21 keynote on my Apple TV with my iPhone on do not disturb. And they talked about <laughs> how more and more people are getting into wellness these days because the world is moving at Mach 5. We're always on a go, 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 go. We don't need to sleep. We don't need to take care of ourselves. But now we're realizing the importance of taking care of ourselves. Now, I'll be 56 in two weeks, and I drink water all the time. I am pretty much getting rid of processed foods out of my diet because it's nothing but, it's nothing but garbage, and I feel better. I could tell you, I feel better. I'm a daily runner, but I see a lot of people. I don't have time to exercise. It's just so easy to go to McDonald's or I don't have time to meditate. And I'm like, you only get one life. So why don't you talk to us about that? Absolutely. First of all, happy early birthday to Thank you. you. <laughs> um, and I couldn't agree more with how important, I mean, essential taking care of ourselves is because the ultimate wealth is well-being. I mean, you can have a fulfilling and successful career and all the money in the world with, you know, multiple homes, cars, boats, jets, all of the stuff you think that's going to make you happy. And yes, it could make you happy and, you know, be surrounded by your loved ones. But what good would all that be if you aren't well? And so how do you truly enjoy your life and thrive when you have dis-ease or are sick? And when you don't take care of yourself and make mindful choices, you're actually courting premature death and you're just diminishing your quality of life. So those people who you were referring to who did, who aren't making time for exercise, eating at McDonald's, just taking the convenient, easy route to life is just going to unfortunately suffer the consequences at some point because that type of life is not sustainable. And you're in a way just cheating yourself of a high quality life that can allow you to be energized, engage and you know, joyful and thrive and be able to live for your, you know, children, grandchildren, and just have a fulfilling and high quality life. Cause it's, it's not really about the years, how many years you live, but it's about the quality of those years. So you may live a long time, but at what consequence, like what's the quality of your life? How is that going to be compromised if you don't take care of yourself? And I'm, so thrilled to be, you know, one silver lining out of this whole pandemic is that I'm thrilled to see that companies, people in general are taking especially mental health and well-being seriously. It's at the forefront now because uh, people have experienced so much, you know, adversity, pain, suffering, stress, chronic stress, anxiety, depression, all of, you know, the whole spectrum during the past year. And so now people are waking up 
finally waking up. I'm so glad to hear that, you know, they were talking about wellness yesterday. And and I've been hearing that and experiencing it more in um, the companies that have been reaching out more lately um, about my corporate wellness solutions because they're realizing it is fundamental to their employees' health and well-being and also to the success of their business. It's really a win-win situation. So when you take care of your employees and they're happy and healthy, they're going to be more productive and, you know, engaged and, you know, um, happy to stay at the company instead of, you know, getting sick and tired or wanting to leave the company. I agree. And one of the reasons why I bought my first Apple Watch a couple of years ago is if you're not familiar with the Apple Watch, it's got three rings, move, stand and exercise. And the whole point is we spend a lot of time, especially in 2021 behind Zoom calls. And for example, the Apple Watch will, if you don't wake, uh, walk around a lot, it makes you get up for one minute every hour. You need to stand. You can't, we're not designed to sit behind a computer all day. It makes you want to walk. It makes you want to exercise. Like I run every day. And when you close your move ring, your stand ring and your exercise ring is called closing your rings. And you don't have to have an Apple watch. You need to close your rings every day. You need to be standing a lot. You need to be walking around a lot and like, like active calories. If you get up from your home office and you walk into the kitchen to get some water, that's active calories. And then you can exercise. And so I think people need to really stop and go, okay, how old am I? And how old do I want to live? Now, most people want to live as long as they, they can live. I want to live to a hundred and you're not going to make it. And you're not taking care of yourself. So you have to give up the bad habits. So what are some really simple ideas? Because I, the biggest fear I have on my show is I have a, a great guest like you come on and then people listen to you talk and then they don't take action. So I like my guests to give really simple things that anyone can do right now as they're listening to you say them, they go, oh, I could do that right now. And that'll start moving the ball in the right direction. So what do you got for us? You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. Well, I personally do something called RPM squared every single morning. It's a non-negotiable, which stands for rise, pee, meditate, move. <laughs> and the reason why I get very specific is because according to, you know, behavior scientists, specifically BJ Fogg, who has really cracked the code on um, building new habits, when you attach a new habit to an existing one, um, you're much, and, and start very small, um, you're much more able to um, sustain that habit and actually make it a habit rather than saying, okay, I'm going to start exercising or start meditating and do it every day for, you know, 20 minutes or however long. Um, that's too big of a, a habit to start with. So I always say start with like two minutes if you're not a meditator, for example. And this could be anything. If, if you, the listeners are like, I'm not into meditation, choose something else that's going to make you feel much better and give you energy and clarity and whatever it is that you want to feel. But for me, it's it's meditation and then followed by movement. So I think everyone, I, I'm a huge proponent of meditation and movement and eating mindfully. But 
rise, pee, meditate, move. And if that is the first thing you do in the morning, you could start your day off on the right foot, super energized and just feeling great. No matter what comes your way, you feel good because you know you've completed something for yourself that makes you feel good. And consistency is key. So you start small, but you do it daily. Like this is a daily. I don't take Saturday or Sundays off. In fact, I do it longer. I I work out longer. I always do 20-minute meditation. But then um, some days I only have time to move for 10 minutes on my mat. But 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. And I would rather do that 10 minutes or even five. I have like this arm workout that's five minutes and it's very effective. And I think, well, I'm glad I got that five minutes rather than no minutes. And then on the weekends, I have more time um, before meetings. So uh, before meetings for during the week, I don't have meetings on the weekend. So I do, you know, 45, 50 minute flow on my mat, um, on my yoga mat. And so I just think that's essential. Rise, pee, meditate, move. If you want to incorporate, I have a client who does 100 push-ups um, in the morning. So his is RP squared M. So rise, pee, push-ups, meditate. That's his. He incorporated my RPM but made it his own. So I encourage all your listeners to make it your own, but create a morning routine that's for you. And for your listeners with kids or have to go walk the dog in the morning, you could still figure out a way it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. It's just sometime in the day. Try to make it the same time so that it sticks. And if that time doesn't work one day, that's okay. We don't need to be rigid in the schedule and say, oh, we missed our time. That means we missed the day. Try to squeeze it in even for a you know little you know minute or two later on in the day. It doesn't have to be at the exact same time, but it's good to create a habit at the same time to start. Yeah, no excuses. I I actually used the RPM two, but what I do is I read uh, a squared, not two. <laughs> um, I had it written down. I just said it wrong. Uh, I read a book, Dr. Robin Sharma, the 5 a.m. club a couple times last year. And what he suggests is after you get up, go move first because mm. it purges the cortisol to your body. You just woke up from sleep. And what I would do is I would like read my Bible and write my bullet journal and stuff like that first. Then I would go for my walk. And I said, let me try this. Let me go out and do a brisk walk outside for 20 minutes, build up a little small sweat. And I'll be, lo and behold, then I come back and when I'm reading or planning or whatever the case may be, I'm more awake because I've already Mm -hmm. moved. And so I'm so glad you said, make it your own. The other thing I want to talk about is breathing. Now, I struggle with meditation, but on the Apple Watch, there's this breathe app and it goes off and I ignore it all the time. I'm so bad at this. (laughs) But I heard someone say, when you breathe, breathe in the square method. In other words, four seconds in, hold for four, breathe out for four. And I'm like, how can I get the breathe app to do this? And what I figured out is if I set it for four breaths a minute, that equals four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds out. And it works for me. And I like how you said, you know, you don't have all the answers and I don't have all the answers, but listen to what we're saying and create something that works for you. Because when the listener creates something that works for them, they're more likely going to stick with it. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm a huge proponent of meditation and movement, but some people aren't into meditation or there's different types of meditation. I sit quietly 
and repeat a mantra. I do transcendental meditation. Some people like to go for a run and that's their moving meditation or a walk when they go walk their dog. I have a client who um, does the early feedings for his newborn baby and he he says he's super present and giving um, his baby daughter the bottle, you know, feeding his daughter and that's his meditation, just watching her drink the milk. And I thought that was so sweet while his wife, you know, got to sleep in, they, they rotate, you know, so everybody is in different life stages and everybody has different preferences and lifestyles. So what, you know, my book and what my teachings offer are purely recommendations. They're proven strategies that do work, but one strategy may not work for you, Mark, because you may not be into something I suggested, but then you can make it your own, like I said. And the key is to do what makes you feel good. That's, you know, a healthy, mindful choice that gives you energy and, you know, is is able to keep you present and engaged and happy. I was so thrilled when I read Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. And he said, you don't have to sit in a lotus position and say, um, you can go for a walk without listening to music, a podcast or an audiobook, and just be present. And when mm-hmm. I did it the first time, this really blew my mind. I was, I was like, oh my God, the birds chirp. The wind makes sound when it goes to the trees. You miss all that when you have your headphones in. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, that is, that's a mindful meditation or mindful walk is a moving meditation. And I, I definitely encourage that as well because when you are, you know, listening to a podcast or music or talking on the phone, you're not present to what's your, your surroundings. Have you ever, this is so funny. I used to go to, um, park in an unknown parking garage to a new parking garage. And if I always noticed that if I was on the phone and parked my car and left the garage, when I would come back, I would not remember where my car was (laughs) because I wasn't present, you know? And I'm like, Oh no, what level did I park? Where, you know, where am I? Cause it was a new garage. It just, was foreign to me and I was not present because I was talking on the phone. So multitasking is not really effective. It may seem like it in the in the moment, but for for your mind, for your well-being and also for productivity, it's not effective. You know, monotasking is a key, not multitasking. Well, neuroscience has shown, has proven the brain cannot do more than one thing at a time. When you think you're multitasking, what's happening is your body, your brain is rapidly switching from task to task to task. It's not doing more than one thing at a time. You may think it is, but it's really not. Right. And more because you're breaking the flow from switching a task to task to task, there's more chance of error to occur too yes. when you're doing that as well. And I don't think people realize that they're saying, I'm so productive. I'm doing nine things at once. And yeah, the, the efficiency is probably 15% at best on all of them. And so <laughs> if you're going to be an email, be an email. If you're going to text someone, text someone. If you're going to be a FaceTime call, be in a FaceTime call. Don't try to do more things. Like right now, all I'm doing is talking to you and I'm moving my hands around like crazy, but you can't see it because it's an audio only <laughs> podcast, but I'm fully focused with you. Now we've all listened to those podcasts listener, you know, what I'm talking about when you can tell the host is not listening and you're like, why didn't they follow up with this question? I try to be very present to everything Nas is saying, because this is a conversation. Now, do I hear everything she's saying? Of course not. I'm a human being, but I'm fully present right now. And I think 
the the phrase fully present is some people go, yeah, well, well, whatever. No, you need to be fully present. So whatever you're doing, give it 100% of your focus. So let's say you're going to be working on your book. I mean, you wrote a book, but let's say you're going to write a book. Okay, well, then put your phone on do not disturb. Put a sign on your door. You know, turn off the uh, the TV or anything. I'm fully focused on writing a book. That's probably why your book is so amazing. Because when you wrote, sat down and wrote it, you probably didn't have the news on and and the the city jackhammering your front street. You probably set up the condition where you can fully focus, and that shows in your work. Become a free Mark Stuchowski Insider today by going to MrProductivity.com. When you do, you will get my top five productivity tips absolutely free. The Mark Stuchowski Insider, free at MrProductivity.com. Absolutely. I can't even, I'm not one of those people who can go to a cafe and work because all the sounds in the background disturb me. I, I can't focus. So I need absolute silence. And even my husband, he could work with the TV, the news on in the background. You know, he could do all these things. I'm like, can you turn that off, please? I can't focus or I leave the room because it's just, it's just too much. I mean, I'm all about being, trying to be as peaceful and in peace as possible. And extra noise, I just feel is is unnecessary. If I want to watch TV, I'm going to watch TV. I don't need it on in the background. I I really do not like just TV on just as background noise. Music as background is is nice because it's you know it's music. It's beautiful to hear music when you want to listen to music. But I feel like you know TV and the news on in the background. Either I'm going to sit and watch it. Or, or have it off. You know, I feel like music's the only thing that could really go in the background um, when you're not working, when you just want to listen to music. I love it. I remember three years ago when we rescued our current dog, I listened to a podcast and they said, when you walk your dog, just walk your dog. Don't be on your phone. Don't listen to a podcast because you may not think the dog doesn't know what's going on, but the dog can tell I don't know what that thing in their hand is. I have no clue what that is, but they're not paying attention to me. And I can tell you, my dog is more obedient and more sweet when I'm just with her, when I walk her, than if I'm on my phone. It's amazing how oh, the animals can pick sweet. that stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. They're very smart. Exactly. And I-, I see so many people walking their dogs and they're just all on their phone. I mean, <laughs> all of, and then like pulling at the leash, like, come on, let's go. And they stop when the dog stops to like, you know, smell the flowers or whatever. And they just, you know, want to get home. It's like, they're just check marking the box to like, yes. okay, got to take the dog out and then return, but they're not present. I mean, not only when taking the dog out, but just even like on the subway in line, everyone is looking down at their phone, <laughs> you know, and not looking around or making small talk these days or just everyone is so consumed. It seems like I have been on a subway many times in New York City where I am the only person not on a phone. I'm there with my husband. Of course, he's <laughs> looking down at Twitter and he's scrolling, scrolling, and I'm looking at every single person. And I actually told him, I said, look at, look around. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do you notice anything? And he's like, what? I'm like, every single person except me has their phone out and they're looking down. 
And since he was one of them, he didn't notice. And then he's like, oh, you're right. And like, of course, he looked back down and started scrolling Twitter. <laughs> but I always notice that. I always notice how people are just glued to the phone. And yes, you know, Steve Jobs is, you know, was iconic and amazing to make these amazing, um, basically, mini computers that fit in our pocket and purses. Um, but there's, there is a limit to like finding that balance and not being so attached and glued to the phone. So it's about making technology work for you, not against you. And it becomes work. It starts working against you when it becomes an addiction and you can't control those habits. And I will, I always tell people, my clients and people who follow me on social media, look, you are still the human being. If you turn your phone off, guess what? It can't do, it can't turn itself back on. Okay. So you have to say, look at, I'm going to write my book. I'm going to create my podcast. I'm going to create a YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. And like, I am not addicted to my phone. So I can put on, do not disturb. I don't have a lot of notifications mm -hmm. turned on. I am the master of my technology. It is not the master of me. But to your point, sadly, a lot of people are. I grew up in an age where if something happened, you had to wait to the evening news or the morning paper. There was no Twitter back then. I mean, right now, mm -hmm. if something happens in the world, within seconds, there's video and pictures and all kinds of tweets. And I'm like, really? Do we really need to know about that right now? That's why I deleted Twitter, because mm -hmm. there was so much anger and hostility. And I'm like, how is that feeding me? And, and I'm trying to become more positive. I'm trying to be more present. Like it drives my, my, me crazy. My wife and I sit down and watch TV. The joke in our house is, honey, what do you want to listen to on TV tonight? Cause she's on her phone playing her game and she's not even watching TV. I am sitting there watching the TV with my phone face down because I want to be fully present watching whatever show I'm watching. Unfortunately, you and I are in the minority. Everyone's yes. saying I might miss something. FOMO's real. Really? Yes. Do you really need to know there is a riot in Moscow? I mean, really? How, how does that going to help you today move towards your goals? Right, right. And you can, you know, still be abreast on, you know, current events and all that. It just, you don't need to have it in real time in that exact moment, right? You can, you know, choose to look at the news, read the news, listen to the news, however you get your news or, or whatever in like once or twice a day, but like constantly endless scrolling, endlessly having the TV on, you know, and just as background on the news is just, I don't think, you know, good for our mind and body, our, our well-being, because most of the news is, is very negative. Yep. And so we're just feeding ourselves, like even before I go to sleep, I cannot watch the news. I could do it in the morning. I read the news. I just, there's certain things I just can't do. I know that it's just not going to be conducive to my sleep and to my well-being because I get really, um, kind of emotional and it, it really affects me when I see what's going on in the world and especially recently and all the time, really. Yeah. So, um, it, I have to limit, I have to limit the exposure. I need to be aware of course, and, and know what's going on, but not, I, I don't need to know every second, like, you know, I don't need the play by play. 
I agree. One of the things I have is I use Apple Music and I created a playlist called Writing Music. And what's on it is all the instrumental music from all the the big screens, the the big movies. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the chase scenes. I'm talking like the soft instrumental music. I put that on and it plays very nicely on my gorgeous Apple HomePod, which they got rid of the big one. I love the big one. The sound is incredible. And I can fully focus because there's no words. It's just beautiful music. And I think that's great. But if you have words to your point, oh, I remember the song. Next thing you know, you're starting to sing the song, getting up and dancing, which is good to get up and dance. But the problem is now you've lost focus from what you're working on. So I'm a big fan of instrumental music, Uh, ambient noise, uh, waterfalls, rain. I like thunderstorms. Me too. But that doesn't have words in it. That's not going to distract you. And you want to be careful that you, you set yourself up for productive success. Absolutely. And if you like instrumental, I love the piano guys. They play um, cover songs to all the uh, songs that has words, but just the instrumental part of it. And that's actually the type of music I can also listen to while I work. Music without words, but they're songs that I love and you know I'm familiar with, but just the instrumental version of it, which is really nice. Nice. Well, that's background. Yes. Well, you know, you gave us a lot to think about. A lot to think about, and I want to thank you for being on the show. I want people to go to your favorite bookstore, pause, breathe, choose, become the CEO of your well-being. An incredible book. I can vouch for the first 131 pages because it's all I've read. Uh, a great book, a lot of good testimonials on here. So where can we? where else can we go besides our favorite bookstore to pick up your book? Where else can we go to find out about you and what you're doing in the world? You can visit my website, prananaz.com, which is my company corporate site where I offer the corporate wellness solutions for more information about me, my executive coaching, and my book, nazbeheshti.com. And I'm also on all the social media. Okay. Now, before I let you go, one final Steve Jobs question. In your opinion, do you think that we would have the Apple Watch as it is now if Steve Jobs didn't pass away? Absolutely. He was so into well-being and I think he would have definitely created something similar, if not even better or bigger, who knows? But yes, it would have been created because he definitely prioritized his well-being. With this this technology we have, whether it's an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, a watch, it doesn't matter. I'm just amazed. As a kid that was born in 1965, I'm amazed that I have more computing power than the computers that were back in the eighties <laughs> in buildings. I have it in my pocket. I mean, I take right. gorgeous video, gorgeous pictures, and I am just amazed at artificial intelligence. And I'm so glad there's people like uh, Steve jobs in the world that had the vision and the Walt Disney's that see the vision or Elon Musk that see things that were like, a thousand songs in my pocket. What? You know, I, I, I came from the day we used to buy record albums and there's one good song in the album and you had about a 45 or the whole album and the rest of the song sucked. I grew up in the days. Now yeah. you can just get the one song or if you have Apple music you just play the one song. And I just, you know, I'm just excited because 2021 has so much technology. What are we going to see in 2031, 2041, 2051? And I hope I'm still alive. I plan on still being here. I'll be like 86 by then. But I, I'm so excited to see where technology is going. So, Nas, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an absolute delight talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.